Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Hawks Insiders. Thursday night, the traditional Thursday night safe space as we look at all things happening in football through a brown and gold lens. And especially right now, as the trade period reaches nearly the halfway mark. My name's Ashley Brown. Good to be back after a couple of nights off observing a, uh, a, a Jewish holiday. I want to firstly thank Danny Prinz, the outstanding job he did holding the fort for the last couple of days, even his pronunciation, wishing those of us a, uh, a, a good and safe fast in the native Hebrew was first class. So thank you, Danny, if you're listening. Uh, and to also to Nat and to AJ, who helped you through the last couple of nights. You call yourselves the B team, but I think you guys might be the A team, uh, leaving us with pretty big shoes to fill. So we thank you very much for that. Danny's having a well-earned night off. Uh, I think he's already curled in bed with a couple of uh, with a cup of tea and um, and a couple of Panadol, I think, after the uh, heavy lifting he did the last couple of nights. So thanks, Danny. Outstanding job. And again, thanks to AJ and to Nat as well. Uh, given it's been a quiet day today, they haven't left a whole lot to talk about, but we do have a special guest coming on uh, in a few minutes. That will be the great Mitch Cleary from Channel 7. Channel 7 News, who's going to join us to give sort of the uh, the inside word on a couple of things the Hawks might be doing and a bit of a bigger look at the trade picture in general. I am joined before then by my two co-hosts who have also had a, uh, a couple of days off to refresh and to uh, atone for the sins of the last 12 months. And in your case, Brad Glebanski, there have been many. Good evening. Evening all, yes. I, I, I fasted, I, I prayed. Needed a lot more time, Ash. So I've managed to get through, but good to be back. Did you pray for Hawthorne or Carlton to have a good year next year? No, I actually prayed for us to finish in the bottom uh, two uh, next year because next year's draft is incredibly <laughs> strong. The key position draft, and we're going to be desperate for a top two pick, I can tell you now. So brace yourselves all. Five wins coming next year and a top two pick. Get excited. Jimmy Bartell reckons Hawthorne might win between nine and ten games next year. He quite likes the cut of their jib. Andrew Weiss, hello. Welcome back. Thanks, Ash. Uh, Brad wishing us to finish bottom two. I see the sins are already racking up for him uh, for him this year. But, um, no, I just want to echo your sentiments earlier to um, Nat and, and AJ and Prinzi. Um, I've listened to the last couple of nights' episodes and did an outstanding job. So, again, lots of love and appreciation for them holding the fort. Um, so, what are your... Let's talk quickly. Um, the No real news about the Hawks, but we've got a couple of talking points we'll save for when um, Mitch comes on. But uh, the news did drop while we were indisposed that... Um, Jack Bowen. Oh, now, by the way, of course, please uh, make this a wide range of conversation as possible. No Darren tonight, no Moran tonight, or Prinzi. So there's plenty of room for you to come on and have a chat. So if you want to, uh, anything to add, any questions for us, uh, raise your hand, uh, permission to speak. We'll get you on as soon as we can. Uh, so, yeah, so the news about Jack Bowes dropped when we were indisposed. Um, were you disappointed, gentlemen? That with that news, or did you sort of think well, it was only in the last few days that it had seen the possibility anyway, and that you hadn't quite fallen in love with the idea of getting him and the number seven pick? Nah, disappointed. Then not to miss out on Jack Bowes, he would have been nice to have, 
he would have played. He would have been the starting 22 player next year. He probably would have started in our midfield. It was the lure of pick seven. We need to get in the draft in the first 15 picks this year, next year. I don't know how we do it now. That was absolutely crucial. How we missed out with the cap that we have, the money we have, the opportunity we would have been able to sell Jack. He probably won't start in Geelong's best 22 next year. I can see why they're going to get him. He's going to be a good player for them for a good decade. But we really needed to get this deal over the line. It's very disappointing to think, as we sit here tonight, that we're going to end up with Carl at Amon, who's a great pick. Uh, pick number six, which will become pick number seven after Will Ashcroft goes pick one. Uh, I think we've got pick 24, I think Four, it is. Thereabouts, yep. Uh, and maybe Lloyd Meek from Fremantle. We really need to get another pick in the top 15 or 20. How we do that, I just don't know now. That pick seven was critical for us. So it's going to be interesting to see what Mark McKenzie and their team have up their sleeve because the clock's ticking. Did see a few uh, impatient um, uh, memes going around today. We see on the uh, message boards and what have you in the Hawthorne social media world that uh, the club's doing bugger all and sitting on their hands while other clubs are being active. Do you, uh, do you share that criticism? Um, I... Do you know what? I understand it in terms of not necessarily with the quality of players that are available. And no doubt there's plenty of, you know, backroom discussions that are ongoing that we are not privy to. Um, What I do understand is the frustration around, you know, we were very public towards the end of last year's period about what we wanted to do and couldn't achieve it. And, so already, you know, coming out and putting some big eggs in the um, in the Jack Bowes basket and not achieving that, um, you know, we'd want to get the meat deal done. We'd want to be sliding some picks up the order um, as a minimum to be able to not finish the trade period disappointed because if we do, and that's two in a row, then absolutely the questions are going to be asked. So... It's going to be a, a, an interesting few days to see how it unfolds. Yeah, certainly the Tom Mitchell uh, uh, trade might get Hawthorne another, uh, well, who knows, maybe another second rounder to play with it. Maybe they can do a bit of work with that and, and bundle the two second round picks some way to move further up. I know there was a discussion with the boys. Um, I didn't hear too much of yesterday's one, but it might have been the night before about bundling uh T- t- turning pick six or seven into something like 12 and 15. Uh, any thoughts on that one? I'm, I'm not a big fan. I think you've got to, uh, I think they've got to grab, you know, they'll get a pretty good player with pick six or seven. That's my thinking. They've got, they've got to go down that path, go for quality rather than quantity. Absolutely. The top six or seven in this year's drafts quite strong. Unfortunately for us, the top probably six are, are, are clear. It's just what order they're going to go. But we'll probably end up with um, either uh, Jai Clark, who is a Geelong Falcons boy, and we'll obviously have the pick before Geelong, who got pick seven in, or get pick seven in the Bose deal. Uh, he's probably the one that we need to look at. Uh, Mackenzie from Sandringham's a really good player. He'll be there as well. So I think we'll get one of those two players. And they are quality. We need to just draft the best midfielder possible. Uh Cadman will go in the top three, who's the player that we also desperately need. 
the best key forward in this year's draft, but we're obviously going to miss out on him. Sheasel's the other one we're going to miss out on. Uh, Satsis, uh, Wadlow, Ashcroft's obviously going to go pick one as well. So we'll get one of Jai Clark or Cam uh, McKenzie, who both will be very, very good players for us and fit into our midfield with Josh Ward and Jai Newcomb perfectly. Ash, with that question, I think um, it was interesting listening to Prinzi talk about it and... and... I agree with the fact that um, if that if that doesn't happen by the end of trade period, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And it'll be really interesting on draft night with the live pick trading um, for us to see who gets through to seven and then the potential for um, trades with the G- GWS have the bevy of, of picks um, to potentially do the bundle then based on who those next six or seven guys are and us thinking we can get two of them, or if someone that um, that, that the Giants or someone else thinks slips through to that pick um, that'll become seven, uh, that, yeah, we, we might not see that happen until trade not, tr- uh, draft night proper. Well, a couple of things I'll say. Firstly, um, Cal Toomey, who I'm not speaking out of turn here, he uh, he says don't discount Sheasel falling to Hawthorne. So don't uh, we, we shouldn't necessarily um, dismiss that entirely. That Way first... to get every single person in. <laughs> I think you've just written the line for... Um, <laughs> you've written the promo line for the, the re, for when I push the pot out tomorrow because uh, I think you just got... Everyone in this space just a little bit excited there, Ash. Well, it flattens out a bit. I mean, the teams might go for midfielders. I think for in the state teams with with Sheasel, and we'll discuss this more later on. There will always be a flight risk for Sheasel, and uh, I think that comes into play. So don't entirely discount he'll be available. Therefore, but probably not. And Essendon love it. I suspect Essendon might be the team that gets in before Hawthorne, but don't discount. The other possibility the guys discussed this the other night uh, is that um, is that if Hawthorne has picked six or seven whenever it is and Jai Clark is there, Geelong may yet pick up the phone and call Hawthorne and Geelong absolutely loved Clark and being Geelong Falcons boy you know, to keep the, the whole local team thing going. Don't discount the theory that Geelong might do a deal with Hawthorne to move up one spot in the draft to grab Clark, Hawthorne might be able to uh, winkle a second round pick out of Geelong either this year or next year as part of that as well. So uh, there is that possibility as well. And if uh, the Hawks are happy enough with McKenzie, they, they, they think there's not much difference between uh, Clark and McKenzie. They could certainly do some business with Geelong, Brad. Absolutely. And I've, I do agree. I actually have heard that uh, Geelong will be desperate to get Jai Clark. They see him as their next Joel uh, Selwood. So it's going to be interesting come draft night. Um, you know, do we obviously have the we obviously have the pick before the Cats. The Bombers have the pick before us. So it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> it's going to be... The Hawthorne supporters will be praying that Essendon don't take Shoesel and then uh, the Geelong supporters will be praying... And if he, if he does go to Essendon, then the Hawthorne supporters will be praying that Hawthorne don't take Clark. So, yeah, it's going, uh, to be a, it's going to be a fun night. It's, it's still hard. actually, there's the question the other way as well. Like, I, I still think it's worth the notion of, you know, the, the question around pick 
to potentially being in play. And we don't know what's going to happen with Luke Jackson yet. Um, but potentially still looking to slide up to be able to guarantee to get one of Sheezel or Cadman, I guess, um, that everyone's talking about. So we're talking about sliding back potentially. I, I don't think we should discount the notion that they're trying hard to, to get further up the order too. Okay, uh, Mitch is with us. We'll just get you to uh, make a request to speak, Mitch. Can we get w- w- Andrew? Can you make that happen to get Mitch on? Uh, we'll quickly answer uh, Mick's with us. Mick, good evening. Mick, you got a question for us? Yeah, good guys. Um, I'm uh, actually listening to your podcast. Um, a little bit on the Lions fan. Um, a bit of a soft spot for the Hawks. Just wondering what you sort of think you would get for Jack Gunston. Um, coming from the lines, because I think it'll be a trade. So just a general question. Mitchell, Mitch, hang on, Mitch hang on the line. That. Yeah, because Mitch is with us, Channel 7 gun reporter, winner of the Hound Award this year on Sports <laughs> Day. Uh, the coveted Hound Award, not many people know about Mitch, but you know how important it is. Welcome to Hawks Insiders. Thanks, Ash. I've been updating my resume since uh, I was uh, received that award <laughs> from yourself on 3W Sports Day. Thanks for having me on, guys. And... Uh, it's great to be on a Hawthorne podcast as a as a cat's man, but I won't go into that. Uh, oh no, we've we've got ammunition for you, son. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> uh, no, it's good to have you with us. Um, and I want to talk to you about Geelong. The first one, obviously, Hawthorne supporters are, are pained, Mitch, about Jack Bowes' deal. It looks like he's going to go Geelong. I mean, has it gone through yet? Is, is it one hundred percent happening, or uh, is there still some wriggle room there? Given there's been no formal announcement of the trade yet. No, I think no. That will. Um, that will happen. I think that just needs to, like here, Ash, through the whole trade period, a, a few dominoes. I think the sticking point here for Geelong is, is AFL has a rule where you can't trade out your future first and second pick, so you've got to hold at least one of them. So with the Bows deal, Geelong will get Bows and pick seven, and they'll send a future second back to the Suns because the Suns want future picks because they've got Gun Academy kids for next year. Um, but obviously the Cats need to work out what they're doing with Oliver Henry and Tanner Bruin first before they trade that future second because their future first might be involved. So it's a little bit of balancing act. That's what the recruiters and the list managers have to go through at this time of the year. But I will expect Bose to be a Cats player um, by next Wednesday's deadline. So another question for you then, Mitch. Is, so if, if, is it right that Geelong is going to turn his two-year, his, I, I don't have a thousand or something like that, they're going to turn his two-year deal to a four-year deal, roll it out. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, so he's owed 1.6 mil in the next two years, so about 800,000 average. What I expect to happen is, so it is a four-year deal, and just talking in terms of rough figures, I expect that 1.6 probably to go out to 2 mil, and then that'll be stretched out over four years, so about $500,000 average for the for the four years for Bose. Now, the Hawks had a similar deal on the table. I think the Hawks' uh, offer was probably a little bit more incentive um, money-wise for Jack, um, Bombers had a good deal on the table as well, the three clubs it was down to. But I think Bose, ultimately, he wanted to be part of a team that's, that's winning games. And, and not that's no slight on Hawthorne. It's just where the, the list he's at at the moment. He, I think he was keen to get into a bit more of a current successful environment, whereas the Hawks are probably three or four years away from that. So that explains yeah. sort of where the Geelong situation sat. We're all realists here, uh, Mitch, so we fully understand the differences between <laughs> the two clubs at the moment. We, uh, uh, I guess the the, uh, the appeal that was thought that Hawthorne would have was that uh, he would be a walk-up start for 
best 22 next year, whereas he may not be Geelong. A cohort of players of similar age, unlike Geelong, don't have a whole lot of players of that age group. But yeah, you can't argue with either. The lifestyle that Geelong sells now is quite incredible, isn't it? In terms of the life you can build yourself living in Geelong or living down the surf coast and still getting to play league yeah. footy. As, as Isaac Smith says, it's, it's, a, it's a country footy club that plays games on the MCG. It is. And they give them, the, the, they've got the least contact hours as well at the Cats. Just on Bowes and Hawthorne, I, I reckon this might not be, obviously the Hawks would have loved pick seven. And I know that's the bigger factor in the, in the Bowes deal, but, I think the Hawks are pretty well set for halfbacks. Um, and I know he's probably a midfielder halfback, but you're trying to add speed to your midfielder. And Bowes isn't a speedy midfielder. So you've got already got Warple, um, O'Meara there. We know Mitchell will probably go out. I'm sure we'll get to that. But um, in, in terms of speed and the halfbacks, I think you're pretty well set. So I don't think in terms of the future, you're going to be um, part of the deal to, to pick up to attack your rebuild with. Yep. I've, okay. Go on, Brett. I've got a question for Mitch. How did Geelong uh, obviously get those three players in? I, I know Bruno, uh, GWS are going to want a first-round pick. Collingwood are probably going to want Geelong's uh, pick 18. Yep. And then obviously those, they get those in pick seven. They're probably going to have to send a second back. So is it as simple as a future first for Bruin, pick 18 for, for Henry, and then they send probably a future second for Bows and pick seven. Yeah, probably. And then what I was talking about earlier and how, how they do that, can they keep their future second? Maybe they get Port Adelaide's future second for Radaglia and, and send a, a third-round pick for the power or something like that. They'll, they'll manage it. But I think that's right. I think the, the future first and the eight, pick 18 is about the right value for, for Bruin and, and Henry. I think ideally the Cats want to keep pick seven and go to the draft and, and try and get a you know a young midfielder. Jai Clark is the one that's been heavily linked, given he's a Falcons. But there's been a bit of chatter this afternoon around the Cats only offering a pick in the 30s for, for Henry. I spoke to the Cats tonight. I, I don't think they're offering Brad right now that pick 18 just yet, but I don't think it's 38. I think they're, they're somewhere in between, um, you know, somewhere in the 20s. But um, they are trying to twist Collingwood's arm. But it's, it's a bit of a balancing act, the Henry one, because Collingwood's sort of take him as a first-round pick, but then don't play him in finals and, you know, have Kruger, Ash Johnson, Bobby Hill all ahead of him. And then the Cats, you know, trying to play down his values. That one is pretty interesting at the moment. Yeah. Now, I I just want one more. Tommy Mitchell. Yes. A lot of our listeners are tuning in now. We've been talking about Tommy the whole season. I've been saying for weeks and weeks, even at the start of the year when his name started to come up, I believe we were never going to get a pick at you know higher than say twenty five. Yeah, is it as simple as we'll end up with the coincidentally pick twenty seven, which was um, who Collingwood are probably going to get? Uh, you know, Mel uh, for Brody Argrand. Yeah, I reckon it'll probably be maybe a touch higher. I, I, what I can see happening is the Jackson deal happening first, and then Melbourne use maybe a pick they get from Jackson um, and then you give that to Collingwood for Grundy. Collingwood then use that for Mitchell. I think that's about the right, you know, but somewhere between 20 and 25. I just think if the Hawks are paying, so I reckon Tom Mitchell, again, we don't know the exact figures. I reckon he's on somewhere between seven to $800,000. Um, if the Hawks pay 
three or four hundred thousand of that, I reckon you should be able to get a late teens, early twenties pick for him, just given the fact you're taking on more of that contract. But he's only one year that the Hawks owe Tom Mitchell. So, yeah, I think twelve months ago they would have loved to pick in the teens for Mitchell, but he's another year older. Um, he didn't set the world on fire this year. Um, I just think, yeah, picking the late teens or early 20s is probably the right marker, especially if the Hawks are paying part of that one year remaining for 23. I think a lot of people uh, would be very happy with that if we could get it, Mitch. Um, just a question as as you came on, um, Mick, Brisbane Lions supporter who had infiltrated this space, he's still in, um, asked the question about the Jack Gunston compensation. It's been re- reported um, potentially that sort of third round pick in the mid forties is that what you're hearing and and expect we'd be able to get in in the trade for Gunners? Oh, I think so. Um, that feels about right. The reason this is a trade and and not a um, not a free agency is twofold. The Lions don't want to do it because they'll lose the mixed day compo, and the Hawks um, have got to be careful around um, you know if they if they bring in. Um, if, if they bring in Amon, they, they won't get the Gunston compo. So, um, well, they are bringing in Amon. So the trade makes sense for both parties. And I think it'll be somewhere in the 40s. That makes sense given it's probably going to be, it's got to be less than what the Lions are getting for McStay's compo and the Hawks are getting for Amon's compo. So, um, yeah, that, that feels about right. Um, the Hawks wanted to keep him. They had a two-year deal for him. Um, but I think they're pretty happy. Well, pretty you know, accommodating of, of him requesting that trade. And uh, I think he's going to be a bit of a loss. And I think we all think he's going to play an attack for the Lions, but wouldn't wouldn't be surprised me if you spent a bit of time behind the footy either, like he did a couple of years ago and did it pretty well for the Hawks. Mitch, how did the Brisbane, how did Brisbane get all the, their, their, their work done? Get the, uh, enough points for Fletcher and for Ashcroft and get Dunkley and get Gunter. It just seems to me that... Uh, of all the 18 list managers out there have got deals to do in the next uh, five days, Brisbane have got a, m- a mountain of work ahead of them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is the probably the biggest story emerging now of trade period, Ash, where they had 15. They've tro- they've pushed it back to 21. And in doing that, they've got other picks in the 30s and 40s um, to get points for, for Ashcroft and, and Jasper Fletcher. But it's going to hurt them initially for, for Dunkley. So one or two ways, they, they get more creative and they – they continue to work with teams to, to bump back up the order or a player gets involved. But, you know, Reese Matheson's been thrown up as a trade, but he's not worth that much. They've pushed back on Devin Robertson so far. Do things change there potentially? But no, nah, it is going to be a balancing act for Brisbane. Um, and yeah, Dom Ambrosio has got a few sleepless nights coming up. I, I think, I'm still in the camp of Dunkley getting done. It's still a week out, but if we get, you know, with 48 hours left, then it might be a bit of a headache for the Lions. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, if there's one big name, all the big names sort of still out there, is there one that you'd, it, a player out there that you think should be nervous that shit they might not, I might not get uh, traded by uh, next week? Yeah, Dunkley might be in that conversation. I think North will do Horn Francis by the end, but Port, you know, they're, they're still some way apart, those two parties. That's why you've seen talk about West Coast coming in as a third party. Um, I don't think there's any players at Port Adelaide that North really want that, uh, that are open to a trade. I think Bonner's not really up for it. Um, 
Butters was one they wanted, but he said no. So they might need a third party involved in Horn Francis. The other one just, yeah, is Hopper potentially. Um, usually what happens with these pre-agents like Jacob Hopper, so clubs like the Giants would typically say, oh, well, he's a free agent in 12 months' time. Let's trade him now. We'll get more value. But if the Giants finish bottom five or six next year and he leaves, they're still going to get that you know first-round compo at pick five or six. So I don't think the Giants are desperate for Hopper to leave. It's not as if they're, they're shipping him out. Um, so that is one to watch in the back. I still think he gets to Richmond, but it is one just to keep an eye on as we get to next Wednesday night. Now, Mitch, uh, Scott, who's in the space, has commented, and I haven't heard this one, but he's said he's heard some very strong whispers that we might be into Josh Shackey. Is that something that you've heard at all or any any other potential destinations for Shackey that you may have heard of? He's up for grabs, Josh Shackey, this year. I know he's had links to Fremantle in the past, um, but they've they've gone down the Josh Corbett path. Um, it could be one that bobs up late. I haven't heard it linked to Hawthorne. I'll have to hit the phones tomorrow to see what's what's in that. But I think he might. You know, I, I like what the Hawks are doing with Lewis and Kaczynski, and they've you know given another deal to Jekka and um, these type of guys. So I'd put it on the back burner, but. You never say never. I guess he, he's looking for opportunity and he's not going to get that at the Bulldogs. So I, I can't see him sta- staying there. So it could be a, a late one, but, um, yeah, haven't heard it specifically. Uh, Lloyd Meek, Mitch, that, uh, that'll like you to go ahead to Hawthorne some say? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the Dockers just have to get Jackson done first and then they'll sort of relent on, on Lloyd Meek. They don't want to lose him. They've put time into him and he's a really good second ruck. Keen to see what you guys think in terms of Lynch, Reeves, um, Meek. It looks like Sam Mitchell's pretty steadfast on playing two. Um, But, yeah, I I think it will get done eventually. In terms of his value, probably something in the 40s or 50s. It won't cost cost the world. Um, The only issue I've got with these guys is none of them are standout forwards. Um, So that's one concern, but it seems like Sammy Mitchell's pretty... Pretty keen to play both, so we'll see how that unfolds. Well, the Reeves is number one ruckman. We've been uh, in universal agreement that Reeves is number one ruckman. My my take, Mitch, what you think? I think in the next three years he'll be one of the top five ruckmen in the AFL. Yeah, I think he's t- trending magnificently. And they'll have a, a Lynch and Meek can fight it out to be the number two ruckman. Clearly, if he's fit, they'll put as much as they can into uh, into Reeves. And they've got Rams at a box hill who who's more yeah. of a mobile. Big man who's probably needs two more years, but he's he's got some traits as well. So another question I've got for you, and then we'll get a, a question from um, if you, if you don't mind hanging around from from Regan, is Hawthorne's reputation as, as a result. We, we we're parking the scan, the racism sort of issue to the side, but it clearly hasn't made a diff, it clearly hasn't put people off from doing business with Hawthorne. I mean, Amon, who's Indigenous, obviously was happy to go there. There seems to be the, the AFL industry at this time of year seems to have made a distinction between the Hawthorne of a few years ago that may have had some issues and the Hawthorne of 2022. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, just trying to think the best way to frame this. If anything, Hawthorne has less concern around it than, say, a, a Brisbane or, a, or a, um, a North Melbourne where people have gone on. I, I think the fact that Clarkson and Fagan have gone out um, there's not too many senior leaders that I can think of 
still at Hawthorne from that time. Um, so, no, I, I think, yeah, as you mentioned, Ash, the, the fact that Amon's come in. Uh, I spoke to Taron Thomas tonight on the news um, about North Melbourne and he was um, looking forward to seeing Clarko come back in. So, yeah, to be to be frank, I, I think it, it's it's caused less of an issue than I thought. I, I thought, you know, even with with Fagan, I thought Gunson might have had sort of second thoughts on on that. Not saying that he had doubts on Fagan, but just doubts on whether he'd, he'd coached the club. Um, but it seems like all all parties have have been pretty, uh, you know, forthcoming in their moves. So it hasn't really hurt as much as I was probably anticipating originally. Mitch, have you got time to answer a couple of quick questions from our uh, listeners? Yeah. For sure. sure. Okay, Regan, go ahead. Regan, you talking to Mitch? Regan? No, all right. Well, Patrick, you got a question for Mitch? Um, other off-field matters, Mitch. I'm wondering if you've heard any news on what's happening with Hawthorne and Dingley outside of Jeff's speech at the Peter Crimmins and Tasmania. And do you think Dingley in the future will be a better selling point than Waverley? Oh, absolutely. I think it'll be a better selling point. It's that whole, you know, whole EPL view that you can have your own base and that sort of thing. And it's not too far out of the city. Um, so I think so. In, in terms of uh, where it's progressing, obviously it's been delayed from where it was, you know, four or five years ago. I don't claim to know. I'll put my hand up in terms of that. But in terms of the selling point, absolutely. I think that should be first class. Um, Waverley Park's you know, the training ground is, is great, but in terms of the, you know, internal facilities, I've been there a couple of times. It, it's not it's not amazing having spent time at, you know, Essendon or Carlton. I know Hawthorne fans won't like to hear that, but it, it's, it is fairly behind the, the, the ball in terms of those other clubs. So, um, yeah, I think the quicker Hawthorne can get to Dingley and get that set up, the better in terms of the resources for players. Uh, Mitch, we will let you go. You've been very generous with your time, as always, uh, with your annual visit to us during the trade period. So, thank you. the last thing I want to ask you was um, your, your alias, your Twitter alias running around that uh, got at least one member of Hawks Insiders uh, sucked in <laughs> uh, over the, uh, with, the, with the Jack Bowes announcement. Uh, do, you take that, uh, do you take that as a compliment that you've now got uh, people doing that to you on, uh, on Twitter? Yeah, I need to hunt them down, Ash. Um, I think what happened there is, so they spelt my surname Cleary with a capital I in the Cleary. So someone's made a fake account, but made a capital I. The So then it looks like an L instead of an I. Yeah, long story. But, uh, geez, one way to uh, get the phone into meltdown in trade period is to have someone make a fake account about you. Um, but, no, it's, uh, it's, it's all going well. And uh, I'm keen to see what Hawthorne do. I, 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 you know, the Mitchell stuff's happening. I made some calls on Wingard and O'Meara today just to see, given um, they were sort of red-hot topics last year. It doesn't look like anything's sort of progressing there. But I'm keen to see the Hawks try and get another pick inside the first round because that'll help um, speed up this this rebuild that, the, that they need to sort of go all in on, in my opinion. Well, maybe if they've got the two picks in the 20s, they can do something yeah. to move one of those into a, a late first-round pick. So there's plenty of time. There's a trade... There's a pick swap period still to come, and then there's uh, live trading on draft night. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. And with regards to the fake Twitter, they say the imitation is the greatest form of flattery, Mitch. <laughs> so uh, uh, as a winner of the Hound Wars for 2022, everybody wants to be you. We thank you, as always, for coming on. Good luck for the rest of the trade period, and uh, we'll have, have you on again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mitch.
Thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Thanks Mitch. Thanks, Bradley. I'm a big fan of your uh, your selections each week, so keep them going on Hawks Insiders. Bradley. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you. <laughs> that was Mitch Cleary, a very good man, former colleague of both Brad and myself, doing great things now on Channel 7. You saw that, Mitch. You can keep talking if you like. Um, we've got a couple more questions uh, to come in from listeners. We've got... Um, We've got, uh, we had uh, we had Matt, but Matt has uh, disappeared. We're not going to talk for too much. Olivia, you got a question for us? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, I'm a Collingwood supporter and yeah, yeah. really curious and <laughs> disappointed about Brody Grundy leaving. Just wanted to get your thoughts about all these players coming in, like Frampton and Mitchell, etc. Do you think Collingwood actually need them? Uh, I think Frampton, no. You've obviously got uh, McStay uh, coming in. Uh, Frampton can also play in the ruck. But I think Mason Cox is, you know, and uh, Darcy Cameron was brilliant uh, this season. I think them as a duo is good enough. Dan McStay can also play in the ruck. Uh, I think Tom Mitchell would be a great pickup for Collingwood. Uh, Taylor Adams is the similar type of play, but his body uh, fails him. And I think Josh Dacos, who played on a wing a lot uh, this year, was brilliant. I think uh, Nick Dacos will play a bit more on the wing. Still side bottoms, probably only got a couple more years left in him. But Tom Mitchell would be the perfect play for Collingwood in their midfield. I think their midfield is one area where they still uh, struggle. Jack Crisp has obviously gone in there in the last couple of years and been a brilliant player. But I think the Collingwood's uh, midfield depth is not great. Jordi Adago is another one who's a really, really good player, but I reckon Mitchell's a perfect fit. Uh, that's my opinion on the pies. They need a distributor, and that's what they'll get with Mitchell. So he'll be a really good fit for Collingwood for a couple of years. Obviously, Craig McRae, who worked with him for a year at Hawthorne, um, knows him pretty well also. So I don't think he's no he's no dummy McRae. He's obviously realised that Mitchell can uh, fill, a, uh, fill a void. It's been a pretty good negotiation, really. Mitchell's, uh, you know, Mitchell has been very respectful towards Hawthorne and hasn't come out and sort of said he wants to leave the club. Uh, it'll just be announced later in the week and I think it'll be one of those ones which will be a real soon as a win-win for all parties. He's been really good for Hawthorne and he'll be missed, but really Hawthorne need to move beyond him. So uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we see we, uh, we're keeping these things short and tight. What else do we want to go through tonight? Well, I guess uh, the... The main question is if anyone else has anything they want to talk about. Um, I think that pretty much covers it, you know, what, what we had to discuss for this evening. It was just all about trying to get Mitch in. It was a pretty slow day at the office today, uh, expecting much of the same The calm before the storm, guys. You see nothing. It'll be quiet and then come probably Tuesday afternoon, Midday Tuesday, it'll really start uh, to ramp up in readiness for the closing bell on Wednesday. As Ash said, the AFL shuts up shop till late uh, Wednesday, and then the last two hours, there's going to be a big flurry. It will be a frenzy. Uh, there might be a couple of things. I think a few deals might get done Monday, a few of the little ones that need to get done to sort of make sure what club is sitting with their draft picks and what have you. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, they go. Uh, Helter Skelter. So we're going to leave it there. Um, don't forget Hawthorne AFL double. We haven't really spoken about it because we've been focusing on the trade, but uh, another fantastic win against West Coast and a masterful coaching performance from Beck Goddard in that game in the way she set the team up. Um, 
uh, virtually two different lineups, two different sets of tactics into the wind. And with the wind, Hawthorne played the conditions out of Frankston perfectly, came over their second win of the season. They've been a bit lucky with the draw. They've now got another expansion team, Port Adelaide, who were absolutely bashed around by Adelaide last week. So if you ever want to see Aaron Phillips play, this is probably your, might be your only opportunity to see the wonderful Aaron Phillips play. She'll be in action against the Hawks at uh, Frankston at 10 past seven on Saturday night at Skybus Stadium. I think it's the second last home game of the year for the AFLW team. So uh, if you're not doing anything much on Saturday night, get down to Frankston to see the Hawks in action. Not going to play finals, but the two wins have been fantastic to watch and, and very stirring. So we uh, we commend that to you. Um, no other real news to come out of Hawthorne at the moment, other than that stuff. We're setting some coaching announcements, I think, reasonably soon. And also, Peter Bird will be starting with the footy club at substage, and I imagine he will uh, be interviewed by the club. Really keen to see what he has to say and what some of his plans are. That can't be too far away either. I imagine he's already working quite hard behind the scenes in getting some of the players who are now back from the holidays uh, starting to do their you know, their pre pre seasons. I guess we see and getting themselves ready for next season. A few of the boys need to uh, get a bit of a wriggle on in the gym. I think his mic's not working, Ash, but yes. Yes, you agree with me, Brad. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward. It's always good to see when the boys come back from a pre-season how big and strong everyone is with the nice tans and the long hair and the muscle. So our boys do need a massive uh, pre-season heading into next year, obviously with the new fitness staff there. So it's going to be an interesting pre-season and exciting times. But as I said at the top, Ash, this year, I know you're uh, different to me. You think we're a chance to play finals in 2024. I think that's no chance. But still, the way Sammy coaches with the young players and the draft next year, it's not all doom and gloom. If we only win five or six games next year, it's not the end of the world. Well, the mantra for next season is already out there. No speed limit. It must have been said 15 times at the best and fairest. You're watching the live stream and the interviews. Clearly, Sammy's put that in their minds, no speed limit. So uh, they think they might be all right. They look at teams like Sydney and, and Brisbane a couple of years ago that went from 17th to, or 15th it was, to making the finals. They, they said, so think there's a bit of precedent out there that they can make the jump when they've got enough games into their players. So I'm holding out hope that 2024 they could get play finals. Will you see anything to say before, uh, with Daniel Mike's working again, before we finish up? No, I totally agree with that last comment. And you look at everything from the PCM, like everything that's been built off the field from a culture point of view is absolutely incredible. And the togetherness from the group is absolutely incredible. And I agree, Ash, like no speed limit was the quote direct from Sam Mitchell that he he said, he said to the boys, there is no speed limit on on success. So... Um, I think I agree with you. I think they're pretty bullish and uh, probably expecting us to climb the mountain uh, a lot quicker than some of the, some of our fans. This is true. Um, don't forget Hawks Insiders, $5 a month, $50 a year for supporting the best online Hawthorne content there is. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, not, and not planning doing a Spaces tomorrow night, Friday night. I think we've all got better things to do on a Friday night than... Uh, be uh, talking trade. We'll take a break. We'll be back with three big ones, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to see out the remainder of the trade period. We might try and get another guest or two on 
uh, before the trade period finishes as well. Uh, people always keen to come on and support what we do. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks once again to Danny and his crew, the the A team for uh, their help over the last couple of nights. Have a good long weekend. Enjoy the AFLW game Saturday night, and we look forward to talking to you again at 8.30 Monday night as the Hawks Insiders trade spaces continue. Have a great long weekend, everyone, and we will talk, well, long weekend is no, uh, no spaces tomorrow night. Have a great few days, everyone. Look forward to talking to you again Monday night. Thanks for joining us. Good night.